This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Twice in two days, you lucky bastards, you. Jono here, with Simon this evening. No huge to be seen anywhere, but he will be up until God knows what time editing this buffoonery that is likely to uh, to come in the next 25, 30 minutes or so. But Simon, welcome back, my friend. How are you? I'm excellent, thank you, mate. How are you? All right, actually. Still, still kind of... Sitting pretty after our five and three victory to take us into the quarterfinals of the winter pairs match play. Mm. Mm. Well, it was, what a it was. We played all right, didn't we? Played all right. Yeah, we did very well. Did very well. So uh, you know, quarterfinals. See how we go. Two lovely blokes we went our... against as well. We, 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 mm. I think we've got lucky. We've, we've always seemed to be playing against nice people. Maybe that's because we beat them, and they yeah. probably think we're assholes. But never mind. Well, yeah, I was going to say, no no one's saying that about us, especially the way that we've mopped them up so far throughout this. <laughs> throughout this Very true. So tonight, a little bit different. We're going to talk about a number of different things. But first of all, obviously, Eugene and I did the end of test review. It would be remiss of me, Simon, not to A, say your prediction was garbage because you predicted 4-0 India regardless of what you might have said after so you're well and truly out of that but just your thoughts please on the first test um, the, the second the second half England were brilliant with Ollie Pope's 190 and the way I thought Crawley and Duckett were brilliant all the way through you could argue they could have gone on to get they would, they'd have liked to have gone on to get slightly bigger scores I think it was a couple of 30s or a 20 and a 30 for Crawley and a 40 and a 35 or whatever it was for Duckett. You might, if you mean hypercritical, you might say that they could have gone on to get better scores. Uh, Ollie Pope played a ridiculously good innings. Rowley's looking a little bit when he was on 110, but, <laughs> but uh, you, the joke is a drop catch. Obviously, that came on 110, but you could see the positive mindset that he had. Some brilliant, brilliant shots. And, and then the 
you look at folks, an important 30-odd, Rehan, an important 20-odd, Hartley, despite his first inning bowling, looks a player, to be fair. Certainly, in, we've, we've spoken about it before, it, it, when England play well, that kind of holding bowler that he looks like he could be in English mm. conditions. Obviously, he's got seven for in, in Indian conditions when it does spin a bit more. He looks a good player for the future and he looks like he can bat. So, but yeah, I think I, I think everyone contributed in their own sort of fair way. Root didn't contribute with a bat, but got four for first dig. Wood, yeah, it, it's tough. I don't think he bowled very well first innings. That idea to try and bounce people was just a terrible idea. And I think they learned a bit from from possibly Bumrah in that second innings run up, running, pitch it up, try and get a reversing around, and he did bowl better second innings despite not getting a wicket. But like that, that the, the the second half of the game, the final two innings, England were absolutely sensational. Ben Stokes, the captaincy that he showed and the faith that he puts in players, and the, therefore the buy-in. Everyone must have been stood there on that first day going, why is Tom Hartley opening the bowl in? He's going at nine and over. Yeah, he's bowled six overs, seven overs, eight overs, nine overs. Well, in the second innings, that it was shown why Stokes was doing that. Like, put faith mm. in him. And I thought I thought he was brilliant. Mm. Yeah, just just a fantastic performance. Some pretty poor cricket from India in some state in some sections, but in the first two days, there was some pretty poor cricket from England as well. So... I think England just won. They won the important bits in that third innings. They've obviously identified something that is the third innings of a game. Right. Whereas a lot of people, traditionally, it's been the first two innings of the game. I think England have gone, and Ben Stokes and, and Brendan McCullum have gone, that third innings is huge, huge. And the way that they attack that third innings, whether it's batting or bowling, is a testament to that. And, and, and it was just a fantastic performance, to be fair. So... Yeah, I was wrong. Historically, <laughs> yeah, you were wrong, yeah. Historically, the third innings has been almost the most difficult innings in terms of how to pace it with bat or with ball, hasn't it? And yeah. and I think it's, it's right that you say that, that they seem to have either identified that or seem to have worked really hard on what their plans are. I mean, Ben Stokes in his post-match interview was saying about how much he learned from Rohit's captaincy in their first in the first Indian bowling innings. And, and he really, you know, he, he, said, he said, people might not necessarily think it, but I'm a big observer of the game. Yeah. And he said he learned a huge amount in a very short amount of time and then therefore was able to, to kind of implement what he'd learned in that in that fourth inning. So one of the things that Eugene and I mentioned, I don't think you've had a chance to listen to it today yet, but the whole baseball mentality in inverted commas isn't just about go out there and bash it. It's about the respect for each other within the team environment, you know, and everything that goes apart of, of being in that squad. So it's not just about what goes on off the, on the pitch. That's probably, you know, the more we learn about it, 15, 20% of what Ball is all about. I think the, the vast majority of it is about buying into something wholly. And then that, that buy-in almost allowing you to go out and perform on the pitch, you know, that Tom Hartley thing, like you said, but again, in his post-match interview, Ben said to him before the test, you will get an extended spell opening the bowling in the first innings. So didn't want to almost go back on no. what he'd said to him because that would have in Ben's mind probably made him feel worse considering what had happened. Massive. 
Massively. I, I think two two things you raised there. Rowitz, although Rowitz captaincy in the second inning is the, the bits that he learned from, for example, that the field that he was sent to Johnny Bairstow when he saw Johnny Bairstow trying to hit it through the offside off the left arm spinner, yeah. placing that like a deep, wide third man. They had his backward point on quite often on the thing, but as kind of a almost 40 yards back from the bat. But England couldn't seem to get one to him because it was flying to him. That guy then yeah. out sweeping and then the catching man sort of 15 yards from the bat, right on square, I thought it was brilliant captaincy. I think mm. he, he, what he showed in the second innings, in England's second innings, was absolutely terrible captaincy. But yeah, Ben Stokes obviously learned from that. And then setting fields over there and how you're going to bowl and put pressure on people. I, I think it's a bigger, you've said 15 to 20%. I think their mentality around each other is an even bigger part of, it's far bigger than that. You look at what happened with the guy that's ended up having to come home. Ben Stokes said, we, we look, we're thinking about not traveling. And to unless he can travel with us, he's part of our squad. We yeah, all get yeah. in together. Now, yeah, that was a little bit in lip service. But if you're a young player in that squad, that's what you want to hear. Like, and the yeah. fact that Hartley hasn't bowled well, but has then gone, no, 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 you got, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. If we're going to win this test, it ain't going to be in this, in this 15 minutes. And it's twenty. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We've got bowling in this twenty-five minutes, half an hour, really. Like so, but I've we, we we've shown you that this is your role within this game, and I think that is people. It was interesting listening to everyone talks about. But I hate the phrase "basball" because for me, it's just positive cricket and positive options. And you actually saw India in their first innings taking positive options all the time, and, and they set off at a rate, and and it was like England were going at two and a half and over. And then India was setting up at fives. And yes, that was mainly because England involved very well. But but you saw that kind of flip around. And no one was saying, oh, this is Dravid ball or whatever it is. I mean, there couldn't be anything further away than how Raul Dravid used to play than how this Indian yeah. Indian team plays. But it's 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 slightly different. But but yeah, it's it's it, Ben Stokes seems to have gone in the way he now bats. Everyone goes, oh, how's he leading? Because he does start slowly. I, ironically, I think in England second innings, he got him out because he had got very defensive yeah. and he hadn't done that. But what he's doing is, no, 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 this is my mindset. This is my positive way that I can influence the game. It's by getting to 35, 40, 45 balls of me being there. And then I can hit any ball and attack in the world to any part of the ground. Because yeah. once I'm in, I'm one of the best players in the world. And yeah, he might get out for six of 40 balls like he did in that second inning, but that positive thinking and that confidence in mindset and plan is what they're going about. You saw Ben Duckett reverse sweep. I don't care what you're doing, what you're bowling, I'm reverse sweeping it. And that, to be able to have that faith in each other and that faith that you're going to walk back into the dressing room. Like when, when Tom Hartley came into bat and he was batting with Ben Stokes in that first inning and second ball, he runs down the pitch and smashes him over, smashes Jadeja over long on four. And you see Ben mm. Stokes going, yes, go, 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 good, good, good. And then he got out for 20, well, 28, 29, whatever it was. And Ben Stokes walks over, gives him a big fist pump. Yeah, that's that's what I want you to do. That's that's the mm. role. All of a sudden, they put on 120 for the last three wickets. Yeah, Stokes got 70 odd of them. But it's, it is. It's far more than just slogging it. It, it shows in the bowling as well. We're opening the bowling with spinners. We're trying to get the ball reverse swinging, and that's when the seamers then come on the ball. It's 
it's positive options all the time. And and it's just breathing fantastic cricket. What kind of pitch do you think we can expect in the second test when you consider that we might be man down with Jack Leach, potentially with this with this knee injury that he's picked up? And also the fact that Jadeja pulled up with a hamstring injury when run out by Ben Stokes in the second innings. Do we think that that, you know, the it's then going to be creating maybe a slightly more seamer friendly wicket? Do we expect to see Jimmy come in? Or if Jack Leach isn't available, does Bashir get a go? Nah, I think where they're playing at anyway is they were talking about it on TalkSport 2, weren't they? And apparently um, you, you've been talking about the soil types. That goes a little bit beyond my... Uh, uh, kind of what I look into with stuff like that. Um, the, apparently, this the next pitch is. It's a. I think it's an. It's not been used very often for Test cricket, but it is a red soil pitch apparently, which means it doesn't spin quite as much. And apparently, in the previous games there, it's far and away. It's not a a seam bowler's graveyard. I, I think that's the one area for me where England maybe made a bit of a mistake. I know they won the Test, so it's easy to say they got it right. I don't see that. I don't see why they selected three spinners and Joe Root. I think that's you just. I mean, we saw the stat that Eugene pulled up. Joe Root has the best average yeah. amongst overseas bowlers in Test matches in India. So, like, he's obviously on those pitches when they are drier, when you can bowl it quicker and it does does grip. He's as good as anybody. So, for me, at the next, even if it was at the same ground again, I would have dropped one of the spinners. I think we were talking about this on, on Saturday at the golf. Like I was, we were talking about who who might it be, and I said originally it'd be Hartley, but then he's gone at seven first, so he ain't going to be in now. I think Rian Ahmed will miss out unless yeah. unless Leach isn't fit. But I think that's still not a given that Rian Ahmed will play if Leach isn't fit. They might give Bashir a go, yeah. just because although Ben Stokes loves Rian Ahmed, and I think he loves the way he yeah. plays the game, yeah. and yeah. and that's quite right as well. If there's a cricketer that's coming through at the minute that fits this basball ultra positive approach with bat and ball, no matter what you do, it's Rian Ahmed. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be, if Leach is fit, it'll be as you were, Ahmed out, Anderson in. And if he's not fit, then they've got a decision to make. But I think it'll still be the same. It'll be that 12 again for me. And moving on, India, they've got more dilemmas because they've got no KL Raul, no Jadeja. Why no Rahul? He's pulled up injured as well. Oh, was he? Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. I think it's Rahul, one of the batters. Pretty sure it's Kevin. Oh, crikey. So, and they've also got no Kohli coming back till after the mm. second test. So, the one Indian I will give a shout out for was the keeper, Barat, is it? Looks useful. I'm not a wicket-keeping coach or an expert wicket-keeper, but he looked organised. And well, both digs, to be fair. Yeah, other than one ball from Ashwin that went big through the gate and it did him on the left side. Some good takes, but I think it looks like they've they've got one there, and certainly when they were batter missing and Rahul, because I think they're in a bit of a similar situation with Rahul and so the, the England are. To be fair, yeah. if they're fully, yeah. fully fit, they're kind of they pick Rahul as the keeper, and he's not really so. Um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting from them the next test. I think Bummer will come out if it is anything like Seema friendly and be absolutely because he was ridiculous. Yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah. And he is brilliant. I mean, that's 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 a given, isn't it? You know, he's one of the best bowlers in the world for a reason. Right. We've done 15 minutes on a bit that we were supposed to do roughly 
three to five on. So we've we've done well. Yeah, strong strong Moving editing. Huge. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, one of the things we want to talk about tonight is social media. Now, we obviously covered this um, with Max Rushton and the second episode we ever did as a, as a podcast. What, three over three years ago now, but <clears throat> you know Jonathan Agnew berated the England spin bowling attack after that first day, to which then Jim Maxwell, who the two of us were lucky enough to spend half an hour with at the Oval last summer, very funny, who man. was just a wonderful commentator, very funny man, and and gave us a lot of his time, which was, and it was a joy to speak to him. But he then referred to it Basball as Baz Bollocks, didn't he? And then gave the the you know, basically hammered Tom Hartley. Um, is it, it's interesting, isn't it, how stuff on social media, people seem to be willing to just offload and vent and say what they want on social media, despite the fact that it can come back and bite them in the bollocks pretty hard within the space of three days. It doesn't even take three days sometimes. It can be it, it can be almost instant. I mean, you're, you're fortunate enough to be a Manchester United fan. You say fortunate. I'm going to let you take thanks. that as you wish. <laughs> well, like you, you sit there looking at what some people put out, and it can't. I mean, obviously, we do what we do. Over the summer, we did a lot of stuff on social media, and we do put a reasonable amount out there. Huge will argue we should put more out there. Like we we could sit there and, and post something every 15 minutes if we wanted to. If that was the way we were inclined for it to be, we could do that. To me, you've got to be so careful. Like the world of social media is so fickle mm. because it doesn't go away. It's on there once it's out, and you can be made to look an idiot very quickly. For me, it's a little bit like sledging. If you've got to have the gum, if you're going to go and sledge someone in whatever way during the game of cricket, it can come back and make you look very silly very, very quickly. Mm. And it can, in on, it's just, it, this is solely just people talking about cricket. There's two different aspects to social media. There's how it can affect people, both positively and negatively, mentally. 
and there's also how it does seem to provide instant karma quite a lot of the time. Um, we were we were saying on Saturday when we were golfing again, talking about how poor England were, and and we were saying, but we were like, right, no, we'd like to be quite measured in what we say. We like to take on from board having having played at a reasonable level and having seen cricket and been part of both all of us that are involved in this. And this is what surprises me about people like Jonathan Agnew, like Jim Maxwell. Like they're, they're experienced journalists. And yes, I know what they have. They're probably contracted to sit and write a certain amount of stuff every day and they have to sit and, and analyze stuff and, and they're paid for their opinion so they feel they have to have one. And unfortunately, we're in a world when you can't just have an opinion that might be quite yellow, that might be quite middle mm. of the road. It's got to be an extreme. It's got to be bright. It's got to be brash. It's got to be all over the place. So people sometimes forget that people, there's ups and downs in this game. I saw some crap that was talking about how poor this pitch was. It, it was half past eight on Thursday morning. There was two hours in, and you've got people saying, oh, it's substandard pitches. <laughs> All these individuals aren't going to be pleasant to them on on various different groups that we're on. And they're the same people who went to sides tour England. It's what we said, like, the sides tour England, they're playing on a wet one in May. They'll go, oh, you've got to adapt to it. Well, yeah. shut up. Shut up. It's test cricket. It's not supposed to be easy. I don't know what 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 do you think? I mean, I, you obviously do a lot more through work and stuff on social media than I do. So, I mean, you see the positive. Look, I, I I think that you know, there's never a true truer word said than you've got to wait to see both sides about on a pitch before you can really pass judgment on it. Um, you know, as you've not had a chance to listen to it yet, but one of the things I said last night is. That in Zach Crawley and Ben Duckett, it's like we've found an opening partnership that, in all conditions, you know, you you can you can feel as an England fan that they're going to go out and and do pretty well. You know, they did really well against the Australians. They've since done well. Where was where did we last play? Or maybe it was just the Aussies. Was that the last Test series? Yeah, it would have been. But then you know, after having not played since the summer in Test cricket, they they've gone out and and performed pretty well in both innings here. So. And I, I just feel like it gives it, that that's generally when the pitch is going to be at its best, certainly in the first innings. But I, I have a lot of confidence that those two are going to get us off to a reasonable start. Now it's not going to happen every time they go out to bat. That's just not how cricket works. But I, I think we've got a partnership there that we can be proud of. And I think Zach Crawley is really looking now as if he's he's worth his salt and more as an England opener. And I feel like the freedom given to him by the mentality of Baz Ball. And not just about how you go out and approach the ball that's coming down at you, but the the it seems to have freed him up. You know that that mentality around the dressing room and that belief in him as an individual is is seemed to open him up to endless opportunities. Like no one will ever forget that first ball that Pat Cummins bowled to him at Edgebaston when we were outside and we heard the roar go up, didn't we? And we come, we we were like scrambling around going, "What the hell's just happened?" Mm. So yeah, I mean, look in terms of social media and stuff. Well, Zach Crawley's an interesting case in point because he's not on social media and that's probably protected him for from a lot of what people have been saying about him as he's had his ups and downs throughout his England test career up until the summer. And he's been sheltered from the noise of it. You know, people can say some pretty vitriolic things about people 
keyboard warriors hide it, feeling like they hide behind stuff. They can hide, you know, the, the, these faceless names on on social media, aren't they? And they can say what they want without any fear of reprisal. So, one of the things that I wanted to talk about tonight was the the effects that we think that can have on people. Not not necessarily just social media, but in terms of mental health, like. Do we feel like people's views towards mental health are improving? And it's kind of a loaded question because I've I've had an experience of something over kind of Christmas and New Year where I've had a conversation with someone who's struggling a little bit. Then I've approached the person or people that have almost caused some of that. And because of a generational difference they're just like they just don't get it mm. like how much are we improving and what is left to be done i think there's no doubt the awareness of it but it's is significantly better obviously we we talk about some of the things we do and i i think the link with social media and the link with what people say um <sighs> I think social media is where the scum of the earth have the same validated opinion as very educated, smart people. Mm. And therefore, if you were, if I, the, the, the way I kind of put it, if, if you were sat in a pub with a group of mates and, and one of them came in and said some of the stuff that he said on social media nowadays, nine times out of 10, the rest of you will go, Shut up, dickhead. Like, what's completely enough a ridiculous comment? Do one. And that would kind of be the end of it. Whereas because social media is social media and, and one sentence is worth one sentence and it doesn't matter where it comes from, it doesn't matter the qualifications, it doesn't matter anything else, that has the same amount of clout. And dickhead A will find dickhead B and all of a sudden they've then got a group. Yeah. And then... Or, or a Republican Party nomination. Possibly. Um, <laughs> and and then all of a sudden they feel like they've... Someone's validated their whatever view it might be. And, and that means it's a little bit like when you go to sport and you can sit there and for some whatever reason it might be, as soon as you... If you were to get a lot of people who go and watch cricket, or we use cricket as an example, and then go and sit in... Go, to go and sit two rows back, surrounded by their mates having a beer. And Ben Stokes, for example, he stood on the boundary. For whatever reason it is, they think as a group they've got the right to say whatever they like to it. Whereas if they were stood the other side of the road, one-on-one or in the side of the street with him, they wouldn't say it. Mm. Because, one, he'd probably belt them. And... And two, no, there's not many people alive that are actually that big of an idiot mm. that think that that is the way to behave. Whereas on social media, it, it's just like, it's only social media. Yeah, but, and, and I used to be naive to this. I used to think that with the kids and with, with young people to say, oh, just don't look at it. But we're unfortunately in a world now where a lot of people's things revolve around various different social media platforms and 
It's how friendship mm. groups come up, communicate and all that kind of stuff. We're all on various different WhatsApp groups, we're all on various different Facebook groups, we're all on various different things. So I think, while I think it is improving, I think the stupid minorities who, who don't want it to improve have now got a platform to sit there. These people who thrive off degrading people and who thrive off bringing people down, you know, like the leeches of the world, not Jack Leech, leeches of blood-sucking ones. Jack Leech, I'm sure, is a beautiful, beautiful man. The leeches of the world that just want to suck the life out of it, nine times out of ten, because their own lives are shit. Yeah. And while it's easy for us to say, and and we have a everything we do on this podcast is published in somewhere or the other and it's planted on social media and we are in some ways fortunate that we're not enormous. We're not Toby Tarrant podcast. We're not doing a Greg James type thing where everything is analyzed, which is probably why we speak slightly more freely than we we might do. But if people were to start, we've we've seen comments that people have made about what we write, both positive and negative. And yeah, yeah. We, we, you go, right, okay. It's one of the reasons why I, tr- I don't tend to look at them because I tend to be the opinionated one. And if someone I, someone doesn't always, might not agree with me and they start saying stuff about me, it depends what frame of mind I'm in. I've been going through some shit recently. Yeah. So am I going to sit there and look at it? No. Like, yeah, there might be a nice comment, but there might also be something that's that's ended. So I think, yes, in general, we're more understanding of it. It's certainly been pushed out there for more, like the people learning to deal with it. There's always going to be dickheads. To go back to the kind of slightly separate point that I raised in terms of like generationally. Oh, yeah, sorry. Do we do we think, no, so you answered the, the social media part of it very well. In regards to, you know, you, there's not saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? And and in a lot of in a lot of cases you can, but there are still certain people of an age, you know, our parents kind of age, for example, yeah. where yeah. trying to convince them that the world in which that they know so well and the world in which they've grown up in, you know, people formulate opinions, and then once that's been embedded in a personality for such a prolonged period of time, it's it's often very difficult to to change that. Now this whole mental health awareness that that we've seen really kind of gain momentum over the last kind of five, 10, maybe a bit longer years Mm. is kind of new for these people. And I I think that, you know, there are people of an age who are so kind of set in their ways, not, not rightly, not wrongly necessarily, but I guess my question is, is it our generation or the generation maybe one above us that are the, that kind of get it? And the ones that are maybe older than that, some do, some don't, and it's not until they kind of pass on that the the whole mental health awareness thing is going to be much more profoundly accepted and viewed and wished upon. Yes and no. I think it's very much an individual thing. Um, Mm -hmm. There's going to be some people who've, our generations and younger generations that don't get it. Maybe that through upbringing, maybe that through their type, maybe that through how they interpret stuff. Like, like a, the, the the previous the previous point. Like, I, I don't think a lot of people think what they're saying is wrong. And we've spoken a lot before about context. 
And so it's about educating both sides of of the the argument or the debate, both both age demographics. It's about showing the generation or the individuals that completely don't understand it, don't get it, it can't grasp it, that this can be how your your words can affect people. It, in 99% of cases, it's not how they mean it. That's, that's mm. not the way that they mean it. It's the way that things are interpreted. But it's also about educating the people that are more sensitive to it. That's not quite the right word that I'm trying to get to, but it, it's, it, it, it shows the point, the, the difference that there is. It's about trying to get those people to understand that what context is it that these people are saying it in? So it's about trying to, to form a middle ground. It's a bit like we, we've been talking to a guy that goes into businesses and talks about educating people around mental health and, and, and training people and stuff like that. And one of the things he said to us at the, at the Tabs dinner was, it's about trying to get the, the 45 business, 45 year old business CEO to understand what the 22 year old graduate, mm-hmm. how they see the world. And at the same time, yeah. it's about trying to get the 22-year-old graduate, stereotypically, I'm not saying all 22-year-old graduates, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. it's about trying to get them to see what that CEO or boss or whatever needs to see from them before before they give them what they think they deserve or what they expect. Mm. And it's the same with when people are having conversations. We, we all know that our, our grandparents, for example, use words and phrases and and stuff that now would be extremely frowned upon now i don't think they i'm pretty certain in again in 90 odd percent of the time they didn't the context that they were using that in isn't how isn't in an offensive manner Mm. it was just that was the word that was used at the time and and it wasn't offensive then but it's now been found because of its previous context previous iterations certain words mm. we all know what they are that is now no you can't say that but if someone's if if someone's taught you forever saying that a rectangle a square is a rectangle because a square is a type of rectangle and that's a rectangle and, that's, and then all of a sudden now that's a square and you're of an age you're just gonna go that's rectangle i think there's there's um, also a, a there's got to be a willingness to to move with the times massively. hasn't there and and there's some, some people are stubborn whether they're young people or old people or whatever and some people as you say just aren't going to get it but yeah look i i think we want to do more around mental health this year obviously we're a, we're a cricket based podcast but mental health is a big part of what we do obviously you're going into the taverners to start doing some work with them Glenn, who you referenced from Humans, we're looking to to do some stuff with those guys as well. So a lot of exciting little projects and prospects in line for us as we move forward this year. Right, Simon, I think we're going to call it a day there for now, mate. It's great to see you again. Look forward to, well, seeing you on Saturday mm-hmm. and then and then following that, our, our quarterfinal, which we shall no doubt update you on unless we lose and then we won't. You won't hear about the competition ever again. but look thanks for joining us simon thanks for joining me eugene good luck editing mate but until next time as a very famous man once said be good to yourselves and each other good evening
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.